Before my wife, with my wife, after my wife, seeing her again. A good friend who lost his wife due to Parkinson's. My friend grew up knowing about Christ, but something was missing until he met his wife. It was life together in Christ. A great Valentine's conversation with a close friend who lost his wife going on three years ago this May. He so enjoyed us talking about not just human marriage, but unity in Christ and the great wedding feast to come, single and married. This Valentine's, tell others I love you. I'm reminded of the story Michael Reagan tells. Growing up, then his father becoming president of the United States. There they were, father and son, alone together in the Oval Office. Dad, you've never said I love you, and I'm not leaving until you do. A breakthrough moment for us all. This day, Valentine's Day, why not tell someone else I love you because of Jesus? Welcome to Haven Today here on Valentine's Day, Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we're in a series this week called The Glory of Marriage. Our new president and host, I'm sure you can guess the artist and the title of that classic love song. I sure can, Charles. It's before my time technically, but those voices you can't mistake anywhere. Those are the Fab Four and uh, the hit song, I think, Love, Love Me Do. And uh, it's a great way to start and set the tone here on Valentine's Day. And David, you've brought your Valentine with you today on the program, haven't you? Yes, I have. My wife, Marcy, thanks so much, sweetheart, for coming in and joining us today. Thanks, David. Hey, Charles. It's so good to be here with you both. Well, Marcy, I'm really looking forward to chatting a little bit later with you on this topic of marriage and sharing some from our lives and how we've seen the Lord working Uh, But Charles, before we get to that part of the program, as we're this week doing this series on marriage, I want to make a quick comment related to singleness. Earlier this week, I was talking on the air about the trend among young adults today, getting married later and later in life. And while, yes, that does reflect a change of sentiment in our culture about marriage, that's very well documented. But there are many who remain single not because they don't want to get married. For them, it's an unanswered prayer, and that's a helpful reminder. But I hope the point of all the programs this week is very clear, that it's about our great hope in Christ. Regardless of current marital status, if you're in Christ, marriage is our future as the body of Christ. We're betrothed to the Lamb. And the biblical significance of that for all of our lives touches all of us together. Whether married, single, divorced, bereaved, this is our great hope that there is a coming wedding day. It's all about Jesus. Can I give us an amen here at that point? Amen. (laughs) So after the program, we want to send anyone listening to this program today a timely book called Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel for your gift to the ministry. It's a book by Dr. Ray Ortland, who does something helpful for us all to understand. And it doesn't matter if you're married or not. You need to know this. God designed marriage, but it's ultimately about your eternal future in Christ. 
And this book was written by Ray Ortland to show Christ's passionate, unfailing, redeeming love for sinners like you and me. So after this program, I want to invite you right now to come and visit us online. Make a gift to the ministry, but get this resource, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. They're at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, download a sample chapter from the book before you get it in the mail. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And now, opening this Valentine's Day program, Andrew Peterson, Dancing in the Minefields. Well, I was 19, you were 21. The year we got engaged. And everyone said we were much too young. But we did it anyway. We got the rings for 40 each from a pawn shop down the road. We said our vows and took the leap now 15 years ago And we went dancing in the minefields We went sailing in the storms And it was harder than we dreamed But I believe that's what the promise is for I do are the two most famous last words The beginning of the end But to lose your life for another I've heard Is a good place to begin Cause the only way to find your life Is to lay your own life down And I believe it's an easy price For the life that we've found And we're dancing in the mind Sailing in the storms And this is harder than we dream But I believe that's what the promise is for That's what the promise is for So when I lose my way Find me and when I lose love's chains Bind me at the end of all my faith To the end of all my days nothing left to fear so I'll walk with you in the shadow lands till the shadows disappear cause he promised not to leave us and his promises are true so in the face of all this chaos maybe I can dance with you so let's go dancing in the minefields Let's go sailing in the storms Oh, let's go dancing in the minefields And kicking down the doors Oh, let's go dancing 
It's an album entitled Counting Stars. What talent Andrew Peterson has dancing in the minefields opening this haven today in a program called The Glory of Marriage, a perfect song opening this holiday. Andrew's singing about marriage to his wife. And it would be impossible to do that if it were not for the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, with me, David Wolin and his bride and my good friend, Marcy Wolin. So, Marcy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Charles. It is great to be here with you and David. Well, we've had you on in the past to talk about a number of different things, but now you're the wife of Haven's new host. And I'm a bit curious, what was the first thing you liked about David when you met him, well, more than 20 years ago? Oh my goodness, Charles, you are going to test my memory because I think we are going back a good 25 years when I first met David. So it's hard for me to remember the first thing, but I can tell you the thing that stuck with me ever since the beginning. David and I were just teenagers and we became fast friends. And the thing that drew me to David is something I still love about him today. It's his love for the Lord. Um, He was one of the most mature and godly men I had ever met, but he knew so much about the Word of God, and I was so curious about how he understood who Jesus was through the scriptures, and I loved getting into conversations with him about the Bible, about spiritual matters, and that is something to this day that is significant and important to our relationship. That's sweet of you to say, honey. Um, I, I've heard you answer that question before when other people have asked it, and I've heard you say something along the lines of, I wasn't all that interested <laughs> at all initially. But thank you for answering that in that way. Well, maybe I was playing a little bit hard to get. <laughs> Not hard enough. Well, Marcy, we've had some listeners expressing an interest in hearing from you, getting to know you a little bit on the air. So I'm glad we have the chance to do that today on Valentine's Day. And uh, just to answer that same question uh, from my point of view, when I first met you, uh, I thought a lot of things um, and you, you were very clearly a fun person, kind of spunky uh, a lot of energy, um, but a very peaceful and kind person. And I, the thing that I, I think I remember most was that getting to know you and getting to know your family, it felt like coming home. And very quickly, um, we knew we had something special from the Lord and that we wanted to make a home together. So sweet, so encouraging. Well, David and Marcy, I met you both during those years and remember it well, but now it's been well on beyond 20 years, in fact. What would you say to a young adult or a young couple considering marriage today, and maybe like so many, not sure this is the path they want to take? Well, you know, Charles, we have had the opportunity to connect over the years of just doing ministry, young adult ministry in the church that we were part of years ago. And there have been a lot of young couples who are very interested in getting married and excited just to get started on the right foot and excited to learn uh, from someone who is a little bit farther ahead. 
And there's a lot of benefit and wisdom for that. And there's a lot in just in God's word, a wonderful wisdom about how God designed marriage. Um, and But then interestingly enough, there have been some, especially in recent years where there's some, there's some marriage hesitancy, I think, not in all, but certainly in some, some concern maybe about what they've seen in other marriages and, and wondering if it would really be worth it. Is, is this really going to make life better or is this making life harder? Is, is it really a mess worth making? And Marsh, that's a question that we've found to be, Uh, an important one that deserves a good answer. Yes, it really has been a privilege to get to walk alongside several other couples over the years who are thinking about marriage or preparing for marriage. But I do remember this one conversation we had one night in our home with a really sweet couple. And he was asking us, David and Marcy, why is, if marriage is so messy If marriage is so hard, why is it worth pursuing? And I think what he's getting at is something at the heart of these young people who are wrestling uh, with their own broken stories of watching their own parents go through hard times or even get divorced. And they're wondering, why would I potentially go through that kind of pain? And obviously there are benefits to getting married. There's joy in relationship. There are children that come out of marriages. And I think what we have to do is remember that while marriage is God's gift to us, while we are here on earth, it is something bigger. That's right. It's not ultimate. Uh, It's not the ultimate purpose for which we were created. There's there's a bit of a, a Disney type expectation that I think in our culture in particular, we're sort of raised to expect certain things, certain kind of fairy tale outcomes uh, out of out of marriage or out of life. And the reality of of life is that it's it's actually very difficult. It's actually very hard. And there's an aspect uh, of of marriage I think that the Lord uses very prominently in our sanctification. Um, But that's not the ultimate purpose. David and Marcy, maybe just take us back through some of what you call the messiness of life. We all know that in marriage or other relationships, trials, challenges, but they especially come about in marriage. Can you think back to a time when you really had to lean hard on the Lord in your marriage? Sure, Charles. Uh, But let me first just say, Marcy, you and I had a wonderful wedding and a wonderful start uh, in in our married life, but we hit a bump really early. Um, and this is something I think we'll be talking more about in the future. But it wasn't even what two years into our early married lives when we ran into something we weren't expecting. Yes, that's true. Um, This is something I'd love to share about more in the future, and it's something that God has used in my own life to minister to others. Um, But I started having anxiety attacks early on in our marriage, and that was something you and I had to tackle together, really formative in our early years. Yeah, that's right. It was a a season of of getting some help um, from some trusted friends initially, and uh, the Lord was using a combination of things, including some Bible study uh, material that you were really diving into the Word in a way that you never had before 
in beginning to encounter the Lord uh, in his word, in conjunction with the crisis that you were going in, that, that over time, though exceptionally painful and at times even scary, really deepened you. And I, I saw that as your husband, uh, the woman that that I was married to 10 years later, uh, let alone 20 now, was uh, was grounded in the Lord and in Scripture in a way that you weren't when, when we were younger. And I suppose the same maybe would be true of me, but I have watched the Lord Jesus just become bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. And that has changed our marriage as well. And it's changed, it's changed you and it, he's used you to encourage and change me. Yes. He deserves all the glory for that. I remember crying out to him one night in the car. I was in a season where I had been pursuing some counseling that was helping me process through some things. I kind of joke that sometimes counseling can be a little bit like gazing at your own belly button. But at that same time, I was doing an in-depth Bible study and I was falling in love with the Word of God. And that continued to shift my gaze away from me and up at Jesus Christ. And he has been deepening my love for him through his word ever since. But I remember that night crying out in the car and asking him, Lord Jesus, please, please use what I am going through, not just for my own sake, but for the sake of others. Yeah. And he led us, he led us in and he led us out of that season. It was kind of the, the, the first, I think, significant crisis hurdle that the Lord led us through and in our married life. But you know, David, I've shared a little bit of some of the, the lowest of lows in our marriage, but there have certainly been some high highs. You know, uh, a, a couple things come to mind. The We got some great advice early on in our marriage about the importance of celebrating our anniversary, even if we felt like we couldn't afford to celebrate our anniversary, which that's certainly the experience, I think, especially early on in life. And we were married in our early 20s. We could barely afford to do anything. <laughs> that's um, right. But uh, it was either someone told us, look, if your refrigerator went out, you could afford to go, you'd find a way to go get a refrigerator, wouldn't you? Uh, well, your your marriage needs some investment, whether you feel like you can afford it or not. Obviously, that's within reason, but um, we made it a priority uh, to get away and to at least at least get a night or two away every year for our anniversary and to to go places where we could enjoy great food and just be just be away. Um, talk, walk, journal, reflect uh, on what the Lord had done in the last year. Okay, you two lovebirds, that's for letting everyone get to know you a bit and for this encouraging conversation about marriage. So as we need to close, Marcy, is there anything you want to say to your husband, David, here on this Valentine's Day? Sure, I would love to do that, Charles. David, you are my husband, but you are something more than that. You are my brother in Christ, and I am so thankful that that carries with us on into eternity. You have loved me. You have encouraged me. You have pushed me to places I didn't want to go. You have helped me love Jesus more. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I got to meet you 25 years ago, 
and that God has given us a marriage where we have had to grow and learn and work hard at times and depend on him to be the author and sustainer of our marriage relationship. David, let me just toss the same question to you. What do you want to say to your bride on an international radio program here on Valentine's Day? Well, that verse from Proverbs comes to mind. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And uh, Marcy, I treasure you as God's good gift. Thank you for your love, for your patience, your kindness, joy. You make our home a place I and our kids want to be. Just last night around the dinner table, our five-year-old shouted out, this is the best soup (laughs) ever, Mom. And I completely agreed with that. I was thinking, how many countless little blessings like that do we take for granted? Do I take for granted? But I'm grateful. I thank God for you. I love you. Well, David and I get to be on the program together every day. But Marcy... Having you here today has been a really special treat. Thanks for sharing your life with us. It's always a joy. Thank you so much. The fullness of your grace is here with me. The richness of your beauty is all I Phil Wickham, 
from San Diego Way and Divine Romance here in this haven today. I'm Charles Morris, a program called The Glory of Marriage. David Wolin, I can't tell you how much a blessing it's been for me and I know everybody else to have your wife on the program with us today. Well, it was a blessing for me too, Charles. I love spending time with Marcy uh, and it was a joy to share with you and our listeners today. So this was a win-win-win for me on the program. And David, I know it was really on your heart this week to encourage everyone about God's covenantal steadfast love for his people. And that was something you were reminded of when you read Dr. Ray Ortland's book called Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. Well, Charles, you're right. And there are so many marriage books today about how to have a stronger marriage, how to fix a broken marriage, and and things like that. And those are super helpful. And this book, I think, would be useful even on those topics, but it's bigger than that. We see here in what Ray Ortland has written for us, the foundational purpose of God's design for marriage. And that really is life-changing whether you're married or not. And that's the heart of this book, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. I think if more Christians understood this, I think we'd be a lot more effective in our churches, in parenting, in our conversations, and with friends, family, and yes, even with unbelievers. That's right. So today, this is our thank you for your gift to support this ministry of Haven. We'd like to send you Ray Ortland's book, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. So please visit our website, download the sample chapter from the book. You can even watch the short video that we have posted there with Ray. But when you visit us, would you make your gift? You can do all of this at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us right now. Our phone lines are open. 865-HAVEN. That's 865-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. Thank you so much for spending part of your Valentine's Day with us. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's more than one kind of authority. There's the kind that comes from an abundance of knowledge, being an authority on a subject. And then there's the kind that comes from being in charge, with the right to command and be obeyed. Jesus had both. In the first chapter of Mark, When Jesus began to preach, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught as one who had authority. But then a man with an unclean spirit cried out in their midst, and Jesus commanded the spirit to be silent and come out. Now the people were truly amazed. What is this, they said, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Get more daily insights into God's word with Anchor Devotional, Visit getanchor.com.